Welcome to Peaceful Ease. We all have the necessary strength and wisdom to solve most of our problems. What we often lack is a quiet space to think clearly and calmly. This podcast is all about tapping into that zone of inner wisdom. My name is Mario Pereca, and I'd like to invite you to join myself and Ela Crane every Monday and Friday. We'll be here to guide you to that endless power and insight within until you learn how to get there and function from there by yourself. This is a journey about being authentic, learning how to trust your instincts, realizing that each and every one of us are not just enough, but also perfect the way we are right now. Hey everyone, Mario Pereca here and I am joined as always by Ela Crane and we'd like to welcome you to the Peaceful East podcast. You can reach us 24-7-365 via email, podcast at peacefulease.com. That's our email address. And to keep up with Eli and Peaceful East online, peacefulease.com is the website. Go there. Check that out. Eli, I'm so happy to be back with you. How are you? I'm good, Mario. How are you? I'm angry. You're angry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really angry. No, but no you are I, not. <laughs> <laughs> but I know we're going to talk about being angry today. That's a topic that you brought up, and I'm so fascinated by this topic, and it's something that it's super interesting to me because I think when people think of anger, they think of it with a negative connotation typically, but anger doesn't have to be a negative thing, right? Yeah, exactly, and it's interesting. I've been meeting a lot of people here in Palermo, Sicily, and a lot of deep conversations. It's a very creative city full of like artists, painters, writers, and the cafes are full And we're having these deep, deep conversations. And sooner or later, people ask me like, and how about anger? What do you do about your anger? And how do you deal with anger? And there's always this shame almost. Like there's this, ooh, you know, I didn't, I hope you won't get me wrong with this question. And I always smile and say, oh, I have a lot of that. <laughs> and you know, our uh, listeners may not know, but you know that I spent like five years writing a novel about a serial killer, uh, completely um, imagination, like no one for real. But I had the kind of persistence to write about such a person because I really realized, not when I started, but later on, that this was a part of my anger channeling itself out in a safe form. And when people ask me, like, what do you do with your anger? The first thing I say, well, I contain it. You know, I don't push it aside. I don't ignore it. I don't get furious about having this anger. I don't get frustrated, embarrassed. I just contain it. And I do have a lot of anger. But I see anger like any other emotion. It's just energy. And it's actually very high energy. If you think about it, some emotions are more kind of dull frequencies, if you like. So like, and hence we end up in depression, you know, sadness, it pulls us down. Whereas things like joy can lift us up. Jealousy can kind of be in the middle somewhere, you know, going up and down. So it's really every emotion is like a frequency. And If you think this way, you don't judge it as good or bad. Is it high frequency or low frequency? And it doesn't mean high frequency is always good or always bad. Like peace can be low frequency. You can just be very peaceful 
just like maybe in the forest, you are going for a walk and you can feel this kind of openness, peace around you, but it's just very calming. So it doesn't like give you extra energy. But then sadness can also be a low energy that leads you to depression. And it's the same with anger and joy and many other high-frequency emotions. I don't have a table, by the way, saying this is high-frequency, this is low-frequency. This is just a theory that I came up with as we are speaking. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Let me stop you for one second. If sadness leads to depression, as you just said, or it can lead to depression, where can anger lead? It can lead to many interesting places. So the obvious places people think of is like, oh, you know, having a bar fight. <laughs> but it can lead to amazing roles on stage, for example. Think about the moments when you saw an actor or an actress on stage screaming and yelling. And you feel like you can get goosebumps from that because you've, you get the energy from it. So it can help that actor or actress helps you process your own anger there by showing you an example of how to, or doing it for you even. It can also lead to amazing achievements in sports because anger is high energy. And you can see that sometimes in a professional sportsman, like when they push beyond their capacity, it seems like, or it feels like that, you know, like when they kind of, the sweat and the saliva, everything mixes, yet they are going, you know, there is this like animalistic kind of push in there. That is also coming from anger. So it can take you to many different places. And it's not a negative emotion that we should be embarrassed or ashamed of. It's just a matter of learning how to contain that emotion and how to express it. You can express it through sports. You can express it through arts. You can express it through writing or acting. So it's just a matter of finding your own way of expression, whichever speaks to you the most. Again, there is no right or wrong here. What's your personal favorite way to express your anger? <laughs> I have several ways. So I think the most powerful expression for me was acting because I could just go completely bonkers because the script says so. So I had no responsibility for it. And yet well done at the end for that, you know, which is very unusual. The second one is sports, which I do regularly. Now I started rowing, you know, I'm like going rowing five times a week, eight to 10 hours a week, just I'm in the rowing club almost every day. And then anyone who's rowed professional or amateur would know that when you train, especially in the gym, not on the boat, but in the gym, and you have these trainings, like you just go beyond your capacity at some point. And you think, okay, that's it. I just cannot, you know, I watched videos of rowers who fell off the rowing machine because they were just, and they were professionals. So they were, they just go that far. And in order to go that far, you need such energy, high frequency energy. And I really feel like just happened last week, I was rowing and rowing and rowing and my trainer was pushing me harder, quicker, more force. And it hit a level, I just, for a couple of seconds, I shut down first. And my trainer said, are you okay? Shall we stop? I've never seen you this tired. And I was like nodding, trying to kind of get my brain working again. And something kicked in. 
And then I could go another half an hour. And that is my anger. It's just the energy of anger channeling out is this stamina. That's interesting because I've always seen anger in my own life as it drains me. It doesn't energize me because I go to the gym and I like to lift weights. That's what I like to do. And it takes an immense amount of energy to, as much like you said, to push yourself in that way, to move as heavy as you possibly can, get as many reps as you possibly can. But and what some people that I've trained with, they say you have to go to a really dark place. You have to get angry and then you use that aggression to move more than you think you can. And I've tried that. But when I do that, for whatever reason, for me, it's so hard for me to channel that into more. It just it kind of makes me just, I get angry and I just want to just collapse. It just sucks it out of me. I just don't like, and then I'll be like trying to work out, but I'll be angry about something else. So I won't be focused on the workout and my anger will be going that direction. And then the workout suffers. <laughs> Interesting. I don't know. It's, it's like, yeah, I can't use it for stamina for whatever reason. Excitement, I can use a stamina. If I get excited, then I can push through and I have a really good workout. But if I get angry, I don't want to be at the gym. I want to just go and like do nothing, just stew all the Punch the cushion or something. Yes, exactly. <laughs> That's it. Yep. Yeah. I mean, it's interesting you say that because it makes sense to me. I mean, at the gym, you're among people. Yeah. And there is this fear in all of us to express anger because it's really we are conditioned not to be angry. You know, from when we were little, we were like, hey, be quiet. Don't shout. Don't do that. You know, don't be grumpy. So... We are conditioned that way. And, our, and perhaps when that anger comes up at the gym, without even you being aware, you kind of put it aside. And that exhaustion is actually a sign of your system pulling the parking brake on, saying, stop, this is too dangerous. You don't know where you're headed. This is not a safe environment. But if you're in your living room punching a cushion, it's okay, you know. Right. Yeah, and that's what it's like. I mean... And it's a focus thing too, because when I'm angry, I'm focused on what I'm angry about. I can't focus on with, and the other thing is when I work out, cause I, the fact that you brought this up, it just stirred all these ideas in my head. When I work out, I'm one of the only people I know that can't work out with headphones on. I mean, I can, but it really bothers me. I just go and I'm completely focused on what I'm doing and I'm there in that moment and that's it. And it helps me meet other people because you're more accessible and I meet some really good people and we help each other out. But aside from that, it's like if I'm expelling that much energy and that focused on a task, anything else aside from that just takes me away from it. And I just don't get as much out of it as I would if I was just completely there and focused on that. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting you say that, you know, when you're angry, you're just focused on the thing or the person you're angry at. But if you could focus on the anger itself, that could be a good starting point to understand it, which can help you to channel it. Because this is not about the person or the thing. It's really the energy is there. Focus on the energy. And I think it's because I always like to fix things. So like, <laughs> if I'm, and I'm a talker, you know that, like as far as conversations go. So like, if I'm angry about something, it's like, I don't want to just be angry. I want to go, let's talk about it and fix it. Let's get it done. Let's get over it. You know, I don't want to sit in it. I want to fix it. And so I feel like if I'm not doing anything about being angry, like other tasks, whatever, if I'm not doing anything about what that emotion is right there, then it just sucks everything out of me Yeah, because I need to get this fixed. It's like a problem that just lingers. It needs to be solved and you can't always solve it. And it's hard. 
<laughs> what would happen if somebody took away your talking capacity, like you weren't allowed to talk? What would you do then? Probably write. Okay. <laughs> try to send yeah, letters, yeah. try to communicate because it needs to be. And this is like being mad at someone for something, right? What we're talking about, because it's like, if I'm angry and someone else is involved, then it needs to be figured out. It needs to be discussed. It needs to be sorted out so that this anger can go away. The, I, I can't just like, I don't know that I've ever been able to really process anger as anger and then let it go for no reason. Mm -hmm. There's got to be like something has to shift in order for me to be able to let it go. Yeah, that's very common. And that's quite mental. No, like yeah. the second thing you chose is also a mental thing that you wanting to fix this. Yeah. But if I also took away writing, like what would you do bodily? Because that is the expression you are looking for. Like punching the cushion was an example, but would you do that? You know? Yeah, I don't fight people because I'm very, you know this about me. I don't like confrontation. Mm -hmm. I just don't like it. I can do it if I have to, but I prefer, absolutely, that'll be the last thing that I do is go confront someone. What I will do though is I will get myself in a place where no one else is around and I will take it out on objects. Mm -hmm. I'll throw things, I'll punch cushions, mm -hmm. I'll do things like that to get it out, to get that energy out. And that's typically how it shows up. But I know that there's very little risk doing that because, mm -hmm. you know, I think that the confrontation thing, you know, I don't like that, but there's risk there. Because mm -hmm. if you confront someone, there's going to be a reaction. Mm -hmm. And I don't like that, that thought. Yeah, yeah. And I think this is exactly what I did to myself. I took away my capacity to speak about anger or to rationalize or to fix whatever that is I'm angry about by writing this novel that took me five years. By the way, a publisher in the UK is interested in publishing it. I wasn't even like sending it to anyone. It's been sitting in my drawer for years now. That's amazing. I know. And a mentor of mine in the UK sent it to one of the biggest agencies in the country. So let's see if it's something comes up. But it's so funny that it's been sitting there because I wrote it for myself. I wrote it exactly for the reason why I'm sharing here with you to express that anger, not in a rational way. That's why it's not an autobiography. I just created some fiction character whom I won't be responsible for in any way in a world that is not real, can act in any way. And he didn't turn out to be a nice person. You know, he's a very nasty, very lost person yet you can identify with him at least at the beginning of the novel because it starts with his childhood and you see that he was just in a way one of us because we are all born as innocent babies you know we all kind of like goes through a childhood and adulthood but what happens to such people that they turn out so cruel or so lost because I've never met a child who said when I grow up, I want to be a serial killer. Or when I grow up, I want to be a prostitute. Yet people take on such ways of living. So why? What happens? And that was my starting point until I realized that I was actually doing some kind of therapy in an unreal world relating to an unreal character whom I will never be responsible for and let him loose in this unreal world. And he helped me channel out a lot of anger 
to a point that I completely and utterly own him now and own my anger and own my dark side. I got to know that dark side really well, spending five years in there. So I'm not afraid of it. So if I get angry today in public, I will be angry. It doesn't mean I will lose it, but I would have no issues to express it with my voice, with my gestures. So we've talked a lot in the past about internal family systems. <laughs> was this person that you unleashed in this unreal world, was it someone within you, one of your identities? Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. You just didn't know it at the time. Now no. you, it, it's in context. No, and he's not the lumberjack. I know you are thinking about him. <laughs> it's, funny. it's like that show Dexter. Have you ever watched the show Dexter? I did, and I really, really liked it. It the lumberjack <laughs> at the end. And I could really relate to it. And I know many people didn't like the very ending, like where he's just this isolated character. But I thought it was very realistic that he ended up that way. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't mind the ending. I thought it was in the spoiler alert. We'll have to put that in the show notes. If you haven't <laughs> yeah. watched Dexter yet, don't listen to this episode. It's too late now. But um, I like movies and shows that if when you go along for the whole story that end in an unpredictable way. I think it's interesting because a lot of them end so similarly and you're like, oh, that. And I think it's even funnier when you're in like a cinema or the theater and you see that because as you watch people who leave, they almost feel like they haven't gotten closure from the story. Mm -hmm. Like it's not there's no completion and they're so angry about it. But I like things like that. And so I would be interested to see how your novel is it written in English? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I have to see how see what that's all about, see how that ends. Now yeah, and the ending is exactly the way you're describing it. It's really open. You can get it this way or that way. You're not sure. It really depends on your interpretation. And I really like that because it's like as a reader, you play a part in the way things happening, you know, in the story. It really, it's up to your interpretation of the story. So it's not like I'm kind of feeding you spoon by spoon, but you decide it for yourself. So for people who, and I'm going to ask this because I see a little bit of this in myself, for people who don't get angry all that often, because I hard, I really don't get angry, but when I do get angry, I get angry, <laughs> but I don't get angry all that often. So I think I tend to kind of like push it aside as long as possible until it builds up to the point where it needs to be dealt with. What are some things you can do to kind of deal with it along the way instead of allowing it to accrue to that point? Well, what is holding that anger kind of pushed aside? It's fear, right? But what kind of fear is that? What are you afraid of? If you showed your anger, if you raised your voice, if you had a conflict with someone whom you care, what would happen? What's the danger? Yeah, I guess the fear comes from, for me anyway, and I'm speaking for me because I don't know about whoever's listening, but for me, I was always taught there's three things that you can never do. You can't push a rope, you can't put toothpaste back in the tube once you take <laughs> it out, and you can't take back something that you've said or done. So to me, it's like, if I let that out and I do something and I don't like, and I allow the emotion to take over and I just let it out, then I have to deal with the consequences. Whereas if I do nothing or don't say anything, now I can still be in control of how this ends up. So it's like, do I want the emotion to control the ending? Mm -hmm. So it's an illusion of control you are talking about. It's an illusion <laughs> of control to some extent, but it's like, I know if I just let loose and let this out, I can never go back. You know, it's one of those places where it's like the point of no return. Are you willing to commit to this right now? 
and have that fear about being sorry later and having to accept it or just don't say anything. Don't just let it go. And then you can decide later how you want things to be. Yeah. I don't know if you thought about this before, but maybe you don't want to go back. You know, if you say that or do that, there's no turning back. And maybe there shouldn't be any turning back. And I don't mean like ending the relationship, but maybe the relationship will become stronger as a result of this conflict if you can resolve it. So you're actually taking away the challenge for the relationship to grow because without a challenge, nothing grows. You know, if you weren't challenged in life, you will just sit in a room and eat and just like, I don't know, don't do much perhaps. Like it's our inner challenges and outer challenges that drives us. And for relationships, conflict can be one of those challenges. And you can see if it grows or not. It is relationship-based, but it's not just relationship-based. It's also reputation-based. Mm-hmm. Because you may be in a situation where like you're at the gym or the grocery store or whatever, and you may not have a personal relationship with those people, but maybe it's a waiter or someone or a waitress waiting on you and something happens and you get angry about it because you know they weren't respectful or whatever. It's like, do you take that risk reputationally in that situation? Yeah, the problem there, this is one of the biggest traps and we are all in that, including myself. The problem is living with worrying about how we are perceived, like not really being ourselves, but trying to live up to the perceptions of others. And we don't even know those perceptions. So we guess how people perceive us and we are trying to keep up with that guess, not even the perception actually. And this is just a trap because maybe you will be angry and the waiter will think, wow, you know, he's very courageous. Because this was really unfair. Maybe they served you a terrible food and you said, I'm not putting up with this. And I would respect that. But if you just had that food cold and maybe whatever, and then you're eating, maybe then the waiter wouldn't respect you. I mean, how do we know? Do you see what I mean? The important thing there is like, are you honest with yourself? And it doesn't mean go around shouting and screaming because it may not be you. But it's about being truthful and finding ways to express how you feel without really identifying with the feeling. We are going back to this quote again by Clive Holmes saying, I am anger or I am angry. No, you feel the anger and it's fine. You know, you can express it. You can focus on the energy or channel it in some other way, but don't push it aside because it will just accumulate and one day it will come out 10 times stronger. You know, we all do that. We just keep quiet here and there with these things sometimes major things and then something small happens and we just go over the board why is that because we've been pushing things aside and they have accumulated then they come up with such a big force well i know exactly what you mean because i've been there (laughs) (laughs) we have all been there (laughs) Ela, this has been great talking about anger and how to deal with anger how to do it in a way in which is authentic to you but also allows you to accept the feeling, to go through it, to experience the emotion without making it in a healthy way, right? That's what it all comes down. I mean, we talk about emotional health on the show all the time, and this is probably one of the most important things we can do is focus on you know, these reactionary emotions and how to deal with them in a positive, resourceful way. Yeah, absolutely. And it doesn't mean be reactionary. It means be aware and respect how you feel. And maybe speak up for yourself. It doesn't even have to be in a rude way, but you can say, 
okay, I don't feel this is right. I'm not going to put up with this kind of behavior. And you can say in a very quiet, calm voice, we all know someone like this. They can say really serious things, but because they say it in such quiet manner, we take it and we respect that. So we can be like that too. As always, thank you, Ela. And is there anything you want to leave listeners with before we go? Any exercises or questions or things for them to think about? Go to that dark corner. <laughs> There's, punch the cushion. <laughs> yeah, punch the cushion. There's so much hidden power in those dark corners within us. And don't be afraid to kind of shine a torch and get to know that side of you because it's also you. Don't push it aside. Don't lock it in some hidden mental room. Get to know that dark corner because your power also lies in there. Punch the cushion. That's what I take away from <laughs> it. I'm going to go <laughs> do that right as soon as we're done here. But I want to remind everyone, peacefullies.com is where they can find us. And podcast at peacefullies.com if you want to share with us anything, any stories you have of overcoming anger, going through anger, experiencing anger. Elo would love to hear them and uh, we can absolutely talk about those on the show in the future as well. Elo, thank you so much. As always, it's been a pleasure and I'm looking forward to the next episode. Thank you, Mario, and everyone out there. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to the Peaceful Ease podcast. If this episode resonated with you, please share it with friends and family. Remember, the bigger the support, the more fun the journey becomes. If you'd like to get in touch with Ela, you can reach out to her at peacefulease.com. And don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, be kind to yourself.